this week's episode of Power is Everywhere, the show where we equip you with the tools and the mindset to achieve success in its true sense. Our today's guest is an actor and a recording artist from Toronto who has accumulated an impressive number of credits at a very young age. Some of his projects include the Academy Award-nominated Cinderella Man and your favorite horror show Supernatural. Now that's not all what Connor does. He's also a very talented rapper and a hip hop artist who has released number of songs in the past two years. And his song "Typical Rapper" has been viewed more than a million times across platforms. He has also lent his voice to numerous characters in a variety of animated series over the years. In this episode, we are going to talk about how he got started with acting, his early hip hop influences, finding the original creative flow. and some advice for independent artists to produce and distribute their music so let's kick off this episode with a 30 second snippet of a song typical rapper from the album four of clubs Here it goes. typical rapper nah, i don't got chains i don't got blame that's not the shit that i'm after it's not yeah look I'm not a typical rapper. Nope. All your predictable taking the page out the book. I'm a different chapter. Hey, what y'all expect me to look like? Huh? Shug Knight. Uh. Look, I don't want to fight. I'm a good guy. Yeah. Till I get up on the mic and I hook right. right. Cuz the punchline's tight and the hook right. Uh. Goddamn white boy got swag. Woo. I don't spend money, I don't blow that cash. Nope. I'm just me. I don't hold that back in a view no mask, no Kodak black. Yeah. Look, I ain't never sold no crack. Nope. I ain't never hold no gat. Nah. Only shots that I take is a photograph or a toaster jack. I ain't close to bad. <laughs> I'm less street than a cul-de-sac. Still bring heat when I flow on tracks. Y'all flow is whack. Got bold to dash they asking me where the gold is at i say well look i'm not a typical rapper nah i don't got chains i don't got blame that's not the shit that i'm after it's not yeah. so welcome to pod is everywhere corner hey thanks for having me so you've managed to build such an impressive credits in such a short time so how did you man- manage to do that i knew you started quite early 6 i believe is that right i was yes 6 years old man that's quite young to get started so uh, guide guide me through how how so, did it happen Yeah, so I grew up in Markham, which is a suburb about uh, 30 minutes northeast of Toronto in Canada. And uh, my mom was good friends with this woman named Cindy Weeden, who started uh, the Twins Talent Agency in Toronto, which, as you can guess by the name, specializes in uh, in twins who are actors. And um, I'm one of five kids, so a big family, and my two younger siblings are twins. And so when they were four years old, this woman. uh Mrs. Weeden who started Twins Talent Agency uh was telling my mom like hey there's some great opportunities here like kids work a lot um in the industry as twins especially because the way that it works is when you're under the age of 16 you can only work a certain amount of hours i believe it's like 7 or 8 so if you if you have twins they can play the same character one works 8 hours the other works 8 hours you get them for a full day and so it's very cost efficient for the production and when twins are young especially when they're young and they're identical but man when they were young they looked like like completely identical and so yeah it's so it's sort of like that Colin Dillon Sprouse type thing where they would play the same character in in films growing up and so uh she convinced my mom to get them into it and it's the first time in my family and in, in any generation that I'm aware of where we got into the entertainment industry and they worked right away and and it was great because you know they were saving money for college in the future and My mom was a stay-at-home mom so she had the time to drive us into auditions. And then uh I just sort of saw how much fun they were having and I wanted to try it and yeah, at one point all five of us, all all five of the kids in the family were acting. At this point, I'm the only one that stuck with it. But uh yeah, that's so that's how it started. It was just kind of a fluke. Uh that sounds like so much fun. So uh how did Good Luck Check come by? Was it through any talent agency that you were already working with? 
Yeah, that was a fun one. So that was, um, yeah, so in 2000, I would have auditioned for that in 2006, and I believe that movie came out 2007. Actually, it's funny you're bringing this up because I just got uh, tagged in Twitter yesterday because it was the uh, 13th anniversary of the film. So the film came out 13 years ago yesterday, which would have been September 21st. And uh, yeah, so I, I remember taping for that because um, I was in Toronto and it was filming in Vancouver. So I put myself on tape, sent it to my agent. My agent sent it to, to the casting director and then I got it off the tape, which is usually rare, which is rare because usually you um, you go in and you meet with the director and the producer and stuff. But I guess they, they like the tape. And then next thing I know, I'm flying out to Vancouver and yeah, I'm filming this thing. I got to... Uh, play the young version of Dane Cook and you know he's hilarious and Jessica Alba was in that film man that was a that was a that was a fun time <laughs> and as a matter of fact I do remember how I came across Good Luck Chuck so I got a recommendation from my elder brother mm -hmm. I watched it and I clearly remember the scene where you played a uh, young Charlie uh, that scene somehow stuck with me until much later when I saw the album art for your song your song Typical Rapper mm. So that's when I connected that uh, Corner Price is also producing music now. That's awesome. Yeah, right. That's so funny. Yeah, so that that artwork for Typical Rapper was actually, um, there was another TV show I did for the Disney Channel like years ago. And, and that was like my character's uh, headshot. Um, and I just thought it was so goofy. And it was one of those pictures online that um, my friend, this is a funny story. So one, like one day when I was in high school, my um, computer science teacher found that image for those who are listening right now who can't see anything it's it, you know what i maybe i'll use it as the image of this podcast i think that would be hilarious but um it's it's me looking super dorky with like you know a a wrap around uh like like purple sweater and my hair is like all slicked but i yeah so i, I did the show where i had to look like that i looked very um, nerdy and my <laughs> teacher that look itself is a vibe yeah thanks yeah it's definitely a, it's definitely a vibe so my teacher found it on google and one day when we walked into class um, she made it the wallpaper on every computer in, in the classroom. And so when we all walked in, everybody saw it and started laughing. And so now I've just sort of used it um, so no one else can make fun of me for it. So now like I'm using it, just kind of taking advantage of my own my own joke. But no, that's uh, that's hilarious that you recognize me from that picture. <laughs> I did recognize you, yes. So Connor, you've also played the role of Russell Crowe's son in the movie Cinderella Man. Uh, how was mm -hmm. the experience during the production years of that? Oh man, that was that to this day is is definitely the biggest uh, project I think I've been a part of. Um, man, that was crazy. That that really set everything up for me because up till that point I was uh, doing a lot of commercials and maybe a TV show here and there. But then once that once I booked that because I I worked on that in two thousand and five when I was ten years old, and that whole movie filmed in Toronto. Uh, Ron Howard directed that. Yeah, Russell Crowe and Renee Zellweger played my parents. And that was uh, the, the premiere for that film was the first time I went to L.A. That's when I got my U.S. Uh, agent and things have taken off from there. And I've just been doing TV and film ever since. So that that was like the most important project of my life to date. But, um, yeah, I have nothing but positive experiences from that. Everybody was great. Um, Russell Crowe was great. Uh, he's sort of a method actor in the sense of um, – he, he was always using his New York accent um, on set because his character was American, even though he's Australian. And so I remember at the premiere when I first heard him talking in Aust with an Australian accent, I had no idea. And, and on set, you know, he really treated us like his own kids. Like he, he was, in a sense, always in character. And so I, I have nothing but a positive experience of working with him 
and and working with everyone on that shoot. <laughs> that just sounds like a child actor's dream, man. And oh, between the shoots, did you always find yourself listening to a specific genre of music, hip hop to be precise? Right. Yeah. No. For as long as I can remember. Um, so, like I said, I'm one of five kids, so we had a big family, and I I shared a room with my older brother Brendan for gosh as early as I can remember till about ninth grade, I think. And um, he was uh, he was a very cool, popular kid, and and because of that, I I looked up to him, and I I wanted to dress the way he dressed, I wanted to listen to the music he listened to, and he always listened to hip hop. And so in our room, at any time you'd walk in, he'd just be blasting Eminem, Lupe Fiasco, uh, gosh, like. Um, um, Gangstar, you know, Guru and, and Most Def, just like a bunch of old school classic hip hop stuff. And um, because of that, I was always listening to it. I was always around it and I just fell in love with it. And that's definitely where my interest for hip hop came into play. And I recently came across your cover of Godzilla. I think you're rapping it exactly at the same words per minute speed, man. <laughs> how, how was that? No, I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that that was kind of one thing that really got me into wanting to rap was... I'm I'm naturally kind of a competitive person, and so when I see someone do something impressive, my first instinct is like, I bet I could do that. Like like I sort of have that like drive to be like, I want to try to do that. And so I remember early on, I'd I'd hear Eminem who yeah can rap ridiculously fast, and every time he would do that, I would go on the computer, I'd print out the lyrics, and I try to rap along with him. And you know that took gosh so much practice, especially this Godzilla challenge where. I think it's the world record for the most words wrapped in the shortest amount of time. And um, and I, so I just challenged myself. It took me a while. Like if you look through my my um, camera roll on my iPhone, I have like take after take. I did not do that on the first try. But um, yeah, that was that's always fun. I really like challenging myself. And man, he's a, he's a legend. And I think that's what uh, being creative and uh, working towards it means. Because no matter how much someone is talented, they need to put in the work. Just like you did, the hours in right. sheer practice. That's a great point. So, Corinne, tell me more about your musical influences back then, because uh, when I hear your music now, it looks like uh, just the right spot between somewhere the old school rap, trap and alternative. So how did that develop? Yeah, it's kind of all over the place. Um, the the one that always comes to mind, or I guess I should say the two are, are uh, Eminem and Lupe Fiasco. So Lupe Fiasco, um, who's a very, you know, lyrically inclined rapper, um, he put out a project called Food and Liquor back in 2006. And then in 2007, he put out an album called The Cool. And those two albums to, to this day are two of my favorite albums ever. Um, and those came out, those would have came out when I was in sixth and seventh grade. And so that was just sort of at the peak of, you know, sharing a room with my brother and, and you know, maybe starting to go to like school dances and parties where they're playing music and stuff like that. And, and so I listened to a lot of, of Lupe, a lot of Eminem, and, and so I was always very attracted to hip-hop artists that made storytelling and lyrics their main, you know, their main, um, their main focus, yeah. Oh, yeah, and then, and then to continue, because now it's sort of changed, I, I now can really appreciate, but for a while I was always like o only lyrical rappers, you know, only old school. When like I first heard Travis Scott or Young Thug or, you know, maybe some Drake stuff, I, at first, you know, like in ninth grade or so I was always very like you know and like I was on that bandwagon of being like no nah, forget that like this isn't real hip-hop you know and I've I've definitely come around to really appreciate that like there's so many different aspects of hip-hop just like you know in um visual art you know you've got you've got abstract you've got realism you've got impressionism like there's different styles and you have to appreciate each style as long as it's authentic to the artist and they're making the music that feels authentic to them 
And now like, I love Travis Scott. I love Young Thug. I love Drake. Um, and I, I can appreciate every, every genre of hip hop. That's so true. And mm-hmm. uh, at first, even I was very reluctant towards what rap was becoming. Uh, so after following the work of Tupac, Ice Cube, Biggie, so all the legends, basically, right. uh, the mumble rap just didn't make sense to me. But slowly it grew on me. Uh, like Future, Drake, the work that they are putting out. Mm-hmm. And that's really exceptional. And some of the artists are also taking it to the next level. Yeah. So I think your genre, your lyrical flow is pretty close to J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar, I would say. Like that's oh, awesome. like the flow is really good. Ah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I think my whole thing, I agree with everything you said. I think it all comes down to, I use this word all the time, but authenticity, I think is so important. You know, for rappers like Young Thug, for example, um, he he's rapping in the way that he he speaks, you know, like I know people call it mumble rap, but that's just, that's how he talks. Like that's just, that's natural to him. And so as long as they're being authentic and they're not like, you know, there's, there's rappers who might pretend to to talk a certain way and, and pretend to do mumble rap when in reality they're not like that or they don't live that that lifestyle. And that's that's to me when I, when I stop listening because I can tell when it's not authentic. So, yeah, as long as they're being authentic to themselves and not pretending to be someone they're not, man, it, it works. Right. And you started releasing your original music in 19, I guess, 2019. Is that right? Uh, the, the first um, project that I put on like Spotify and Apple Music was an EP called Four of Clubs, which I put out in August of 2018. Um, the first time I had ever put anything out ever was a, a video on YouTube. I believe it was January of 2017. So it was the, the start of 2017. Um, but yeah, so that that EP in 2018, um, which actually was under my older name. I used to just go by Price for my artist name. Now I just go by my full name, Connor Price. Yeah, so if you if you look on Spotify, you won't find it unless you search Price. Because um, all, all, all my new music is now under my, my whole name, uh, Connor Price. And uh, what is your creative flow like when you're writing original music? Do you prefer to write it over the beats or is it the lyrics that you are more concentrated for? Yeah, no, it's a good question. It's something that is constantly changing. Um, I, I really, at, at the moment, what, what I'm doing is I have producers uh, who I work with who will send me a beat pack, you know, anywhere from three to ten beats. And I find that it's important for me to write to the music. So have the beat first, listen to the beat. First thing I, I choose is, you know, do I like this beat? If I do, great. I export it into Logic. I open up a session. I start recording. And then I feel like um, it's it's similar to acting. Your your instincts are so important. You know, your first thought, your first impression is, is so important to capture that. And so I'll immediately start recording. And I'll just... Um, like freestyle gibberish. Like I'm not even really saying any coherent words. I'm just like, like I'm trying to find a flow pattern. I'm trying to find a melody maybe. And I'll just record it all. And it'll just sound ridiculous. But then what I'll do is I'll play it back and I'll listen for certain melodies or certain flow patterns, um, certain rhyme schemes. Maybe I said a certain word and I like that and I want to build the, you know, the song off that theme. And so that, yeah, that's how I do it. So I, I find the beat. I let the, the, the beat control whatever comes out naturally. I sort of improvise gibberish and then I go back, listen to it. I choose the flows I like. And then from there, I start filling in the blanks and adding words and connecting the dots. And what's the deciding factor to shortlist the beats? Like, let's say if your producer sent you a three beat back. So what's the one thing that gets you in a beat? Like, is it the good lows or the wob bass? Yeah, it's a good question. I'm kind of all over the place. Like if you listen to all the music I put out, it they're, they're very different beats. But I, I find the, the similarities that always are present is one is simplicity. I feel like a lot of times producers overproduce because they're not thinking about 
the rapper's voice. They're just sort of, you know, how many drum patterns can I fit in? How many different samples? How many different sounds? And a lot of times they'll send a beat and I'll be like, this is incredible, but I have no idea where I, you know, where my voice is going to go. <laughs> what to do right. with this exactly. And so sometimes the simple stuff works great. Like typical rapper, that, that song is such a simple beat, like a great beat, but simple. And it, and it allows my, my voice to shine. Um, so yeah, I like simplicity and I like clear melodies. I, I like very uniquely clear melodies. Sometimes it's like the the instrumentals that I don't choose, which are quite mainstream and popular when you listen to artists like Lil Uzi Vert, are like that very spacey stuff that doesn't really have a clear melody, but it's very like vibe heavy. Um, and it creates an atmosphere. And a lot of rappers sound great on that. I personally just don't connect to it. And so I need to find a very simple, clear melody with hard hitting drums. That's usually my go-to. And I think uh, yeah. all your original releases, including you, that features a clip from your childhood. So right. that's also a lovely story in itself. Like you and Brianna, how did you guys like meet? Uh, were you always like friends since childhood itself? Yeah, so Brianna and I, um, coming December, will have been married for four years, which is crazy. It's, God, it's flown by so fast. But yeah, I, I've known her since I was 10 years old. So going back to the acting story, um, when I did Cinderella Man and I flew out to LA for the first time, um, we stayed at this apartment complex called uh, the Oakwood Apartments, which some people might know of because it was very uh, well known for having like a lot of young child actors stay with their, you know, with their parents and they would, they would, um, you know, try to, you know, pursue auditions in LA. And that was the place where kids stayed. And Brianna, her little sister, Chloe, used to act. And so her family just randomly, you know, it's just, just completely coincidence. Her family just happened to be living at that complex while my family was. And so we just met at the volleyball court one day and we started playing together. I, I was 10 years old. She was 11. So she's a year older than me. And we just hit it off. We were just friends, you know, and I, I remember like having a crush on her. And once that those few months ended, I went back to Toronto and she went back to Chicago where she's from. And uh, we stayed in touch over email and, you know, AIM or MSN, you know, whatever the instant messaging was in 2005. Um, and um, the next year, our families came back again. So we spent a second year. Then we went back and again, we stayed in touch over email. And then we went about like, gosh, six or seven years where we sort of fell out of touch. And, you know, she was living her life. I was living mine. We were friends on Facebook every so often, you know, we'd interact. And then there was a time where I was in L.A. and she was in L.A. And on Instagram, we saw that because we were each posting photos in L.A. And she was just like, hey, you know, I know you're, you're, you're here. Do you want to meet up? And we went on Runyon Hike, which is a very well-known hike in L.A. And we just caught up and, and it was just, you know, it was so easy. It was just so easy to talk to her. And we felt like we had, a, you know, those seven years never happened. Like we had just seen each other. And yeah, the rest is history. We started dating and now we're married and we're living together. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's quite, the, quite the story. Man, that's such a beautiful story. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, and uh, the song that you put together. So yeah, that 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 song, right? Yeah, so that song you brought up, which is called "You," is is about that. I I've always kind of wanted to share that story in a in a song form, and uh, so yeah, that that song talks about that. You've shared it quite beautifully. The lyrics are also. Oh, on thank point you. On that. Yeah, what was really fun about that too is um, Brianna. So even when we were kids, if you watch the 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 video on YouTube. Um, Brianna used to just follow everyone around with a camera. Like she filmed everything, which is so great because now we have video footage of us as 10 year olds, you know, running around this apartment complex. And I used a lot of those clips in the video. Um, and then she also shot the video and directed it. So it's just, it was kind of a cool, you know, full circle moment to have her as a kid holding the camera. And now as an adult, you know, her being able to, to, to direct my, my music videos. Yeah. Man, that's so cool. 
and i think you both are immensely talented like your actors your or you also sing quite good you you are a rap star kid. oh thank you so i think there's a lot of talent in the house oh thanks yeah no i she man she's uh she's brilliant she's one of those people that is just good at everything and um one one thing that i'm very inspired by with her is just her uh her her positive work ethic she always wants to get stuff done you know there was a long time where um going back to how i started with music where i was actually putting music out anonymously on YouTube by entering um, rap contests, but anonymously. Because I, I was I was nervous what my friends and family would think, you know, when they heard the white boy actor who wants to rap. Like, it was just one of those things that, like, oh, of course, everyone would roll their eyes. And so I was nervous about that. And um, when I reconnected with, with Brianna, I showed her some of my music. And she was like, you would be stupid not to put this out. Like, you have to pursue this. And she's really the one that made me come out of my shell and you know, put out my first song. So, she, you know, she, she, I give full credit to her for allowing me to have that confidence to really start this rap stuff. Well, I'm so glad Brianna did that because that's why we are able to see this side of you. Oh, thank you. Uh, you've been producing so much music. You've played so many interesting characters in your career. How do you manage to stay so humble, not let the bling and the lifestyle affect you? You know what? I think it, it, definitely my, my, my parents, like my mom and dad, I think that, that I have to give them full credit. Um, yeah, my mom, stay-at-home mom with five kids. My dad worked full-time. He was a golf pro, so he was always on the golf course. But, you know, every night we'd come home, we'd have dinner together, the seven of us around the table, you know, no no cell phones. we talked to each other. Um, yeah, my dad was just always known for being very humble, and, you know, he worked hard. Um, you know, he was at the golf course every morning, 6 a.m. Even now, he's 70 years old. You know, he's still there, 6 a.m., comes home, 7 p.m. Like, hard work, honesty, was always just something in the family that we had. And, um, I also, I, I went to a Catholic school growing up. So I, I feel like that maybe had something to do with it. You know, that golden rule of like treat others the way you wish to be treated. And that Catholic guilt when you did something wrong, it was like, I think it's just a combination of, of my childhood with my family and, and, you know, the Catholic school, it just, it, it, uh, yeah, I think it, it created an environment where just being kind and, and being nice was important. Uh, exactly. And I do believe the initial years growing up play a huge factor in shaping someone's uh, character or let's just say how they behave, how they interact with the world around them. Correct. And your recent work and even the roles that you did back then clearly suggest what kind of a person, what respect you have towards the art form. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's. I think it's... Uh, yeah, I appreciate you saying that. It's definitely something I want to bring into music especially into hip-hop because hip-hop has such a reputation of being so vulgar which uh, for a lot of times it, it is like you you know if you ever look up the lyrics of some of the mainstream hip-hop songs it's very it's very you know demeaning towards women and you know you know i mean i don't have to everybody kind of knows that stuff but i i've always just wanted to take a different approach you know i'm i'm married you know i got married at 22 um i've been working since i was six years old i you know i'm not going to pretend to be somebody that I'm not, you know, all about cars and gold chains and this and that. And no disrespect to anybody who is, like I said, if that's their authentic lifestyle, all the power to them. I just want to bring my perspective, which is completely different. You know, I grew up in Markham, which is just like, <laughs> like if anybody who knows of that area, it's just like, you know, it's the like no, no crime. Like it's just very, very friendly neighborhood to say the least. I, I was very lucky to grow up where I did. And, and yeah, people are always surprised, you know, when they found out when I was a kid that like hip hop was my favorite genre and it really was. I just, I've always loved it. And now I feel like I have the opportunity to bring a more positive message, bring, just bring, bring an honest message and talk about my life. 
and uh, i think the hip hop uh, mainstream hip hop nowadays is mostly about bentleys and the bling and blowing money in vegas and all that <laughs> right. but there are some rappers uh, lil dicky is also doing something in the comedy rap genre oh totally so that's also really in the, uh, great i think yeah there's a rapper named nf as well who um his stuff yes his, yes i do yeah, follow yeah his stuff him. is quite dark but um yeah he he doesn't swear in his music which i think is awesome and Yeah and uh, I recently posted one of his uh, songs on my Instagram mm-hmm. I think uh, paid my dues uh, it was yes ah pay my dues yeah 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 he he he's incredible I, I he actually inspired me to uh to not swear in in my music and that's something that I've been challenging myself to do I I found it was always just a crutch like it was so easy to just you know add in a syllable just because I wanted to and say shit or say you know whatever um but it just became like throwaway writing like easy writing and so i started challenging myself like do do i have to swear is this really adding anything to the song and there's certain people in in my life who earlier on when i was putting music on youtube i was swearing quite a bit and i would ask them like hey what do you think and and some of them would be quite religious and they'd be like oh you know what i think it's so great what you're doing i personally just can't listen to it because i feel like it's a little negative and i was like wow okay you know why 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 should i um stop certain people from listening to my music like is swearing really that important is that something that i really need to be doing and i realized it wasn't um and hearing that nf wasn't doing it really surprised me because he put so much emotion and has such an impact in his music without needing to swear and so that really inspired me right and even in india right now the rap scene has grown in the past 5 to 6 years like many artists mm. have come out of the uh, like uh, as in the states there is the west coast scene and the east coast scene so in india yeah. we have uh, mumbai rap scene and delhi hip hop scene So oh cool okay yeah so these are like I I've heard Punjabi rap that's the only like yeah yeah so Punjabi rap is popular because it is mm-hmm. popular among the masses but the hardcore hip hop fans like who want to follow the lyrical style the beats and uh, the new generation to be precise mm-hmm. uh, they are kind of more involved towards creating good music and commercial music like Travis Scott and uh, these kind of tracks right. and they are doing quite good and a group from delhi i would like to mention them seedhe moth a quite good friends of mine all right uh, uh, how I'll do i spell send it? you i'll send you the link for oh, that sure, once okay. the episode is done cool. yeah I'll, i'll share their work so they're doing quite good they are collaborating with i think the first hip hop record in india azadi records and they're releasing pretty great stuff right now oh that's incredible yeah i've i've been i've been very interested in cuz hip hop is growing everywhere and Yeah, recently I've listened to um yeah, like ger- German rap is a, is a big thing, French rap is huge. Even though I can't understand it, you you can always tell when someone's good just from the flow and their confidence and their delivery. So, yeah, s- send me whatever you got. I'm always interested. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Connor, what I'm trying to do with this series is that uh we want to equip and empower creators with the tools to succeed. in their specific area of interest. So, what would be your recommendation to someone who is passionate about hip hop and is passionate about music mm. and they want to pursue it as a full-time career. Yeah, that's a great question. I I'm glad you're so specific because my least favorite thing is when people are just like, "Hey, what's your, you know, advice to someone in general?" It's always the same stuff, you know, follow your dreams, don't give up. It's like, "But what what does that mean? How how do you how do you hold that? You know, how do you make that tangible?" And um right, because I have friends who are like right now making music, mm-hmm. but the distribution comes uh, something that distribution is a problem because uh, the numbers are not increasing so what would be your recommendation to someone who is producing cool. but is not able to get the numbers so do you guys have access to um self distribution services like tunecore and distrokid yes absolutely 
Great. Okay. Uh, so this is everything. Uh, so there's there's this artist named Russ, um, R U S S, just one word, yes. and he's an American yeah, I've, artist. I've heard his. I've yeah, heard his and of songs, yes. it's it's kind of it, it might be difficult to listen to him at first just because of how, he's so confident that he comes off. You know, people might think, oh, he's cocky, he's annoying. I don't want to hear him. But I promise you, if you if you try to put that to the side, because um, he's such an incredibly not only is he talented musically, but he's so smart and he has created a come up for himself by doing a few simple things and the first thing is he taught himself how to do everything he taught himself how to record he taught himself how to mix he taught himself how to master he taught himself how to distribute his own music um he he you know connected with an artist to make artwork that he would use when he submitted his music to spotify and apple music uh, he connected with a music video director to make videos now he has access to everything there is no one in the way stopping him saying no he can write when he wants to produce when he wants to he can literally create the entire song and that was something i did early on uh the majority of the songs i have on youtube early on prior to putting stuff on streaming services um like there's a song on youtube called up that i did and i i produced it i mixed it i mastered it i made the artwork like i did everything from start to completion um and i say that because it's so important to understand that uh you know youtube you have access to any tutorial you want how to how to mix in GarageBand. There's people who record on their iPhone, who mix on their iPhone. Like there's no excuses. There, There is an answer for everyone. And uh, that's what I love so much about music in comparison to acting. Um, I know we didn't touch on this, but this is something I, I really like talking about is um, in acting, there's, there's not much control you have over your career. You're constantly waiting for a writer to write a role for you, your agent to submit you, the casting director to like you, the director has to like you. There's so many things that have to happen just for the opportunity to you to even get an audition. Where with music, you know, you control everything. I, I control when I record, when I write, how I put it out, when it goes out, what artwork I use. Then I can be my own PR. I have my Instagram, my Twitter, my Facebook, my YouTube. I can put it out how I want, get it in front of people, maybe run ads on certain songs and get it to people who haven't heard it yet. Um, yeah, sorry. I feel like this could be a whole new uh, podcast episode because I, I really love talking about this stuff and I could go on for hours. But to put it simply, I'll, I'll say this for, for music. Um, get get access to microphones and interface headphones to be able to create your own music learn how to mix and master by watching youtube videos get a distribution service like distrokid or tunecore i personally use distrokid and so far i'm i'm happy with them that allows you to put your music on spotify apple music it goes everywhere um and then rinse and repeat is really the answer you just have to be consistent the way that russ got popular was he used to put out an album every few months. And he realized that when you're listening to a new artist, the majority of people don't have the patience to listen to an 18 song project. They'll listen to the first song. If they like it, great. They'll add it to a playlist. They'll move on to the next. So he realized his first song was getting so many views and listens, but his second one and his third, it would slowly drop off. So he's like, okay, how about I just put out one song every week? And that's what he did back in 2016 on SoundCloud. And sure enough, it just kept growing and growing and growing slowly and slowly and slowly. And, and, and all it takes is one song, and that's what it did. And he had a song called um, What They Want, and that blew up. People loved it. He did a YouTube video, hundreds of millions of views on that. He puts out an album because now he has all the attention, and boom. And so I, I really think it's just get the equipment to record yourself, learn how to mix and master, distribute yourself, be consistent every week if you can. I'm trying to do every two weeks because I take a little bit longer to write. That's something I'm working on. But if I could, man, I'd love to just put out a new song every week and – after that, it's just a matter of time. You just got to be patient at that point. That was so insightful, man. Yeah. Seriously, like, 
and i think that's the best part about producing your own music as an independent artist so you don't have to be under the control of the labels as well uh, as in the music that they want you to produce the pre-recorded tracks that they want you to lip sync so i think that can also be avoided by being an independent artist yeah thank you so much uh, connor and i think uh, you're also very interested in tech i have read that you're also very much into uh, the tech so what is the recent piece of technology that you bought that you thought that this is a really good investment you know what um the sony a7s2 um 4k uh mirrorless camera is incredible holy crap i love this thing i've always been into cameras uh, back in 2009 i bought my first full frame canon and then i got my like 70 to 200 you know l series lens that to this day i still use that thing is a monster um so i i love cameras and so yeah i like i also edit all my music videos so yeah i love having control over my visuals and so but man that that sony camera is just flawless i i love how easy it is to use cuz i not only do i use it for music videos but when i have um acting auditions self tapes where i have to record myself i just set that up on the tripod my wife you know plays the other characters and reads off camera and so i i use it as my self tape camera my music video camera but man that thing's incredible i love it i know they just came out with the um the mark 3 i believe um the the upgraded version so i'm going to have to check that out I next i completely agree like it's it's really a versatile device i i would say uh, even for stills it can be equally good Thank you so much for being a part of the show sir and uh, Yeah hey thank you for having me this is like I said uh, when we were off air this is my first podcast so I appreciate you uh making this so easy and fun this was great what uh, what 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 time is it where you are just curious So right now the time is 2:33 in the morning Holy crap oh man I'm so sorry yes. Did, are you up know, because of me No okay No no so actually I was up because I usually work between Pacific time Eastern time and Indian time so wow. it's like The good, schedule is all over the place. Good for you. You're uh, you're you're hustling. It's it's two in the afternoon here, so that's yeah. Okay, guys, I'm pretty convinced this episode was a value bomb for all of you listening out there. If you like this episode, don't forget to check the show notes to find the links to our social handles. a brand new instagram page which is under the same name as the show and you'll also find the links to corner's socials his imdb page his spotify his facebook and his instagram in the show notes so don't forget to click on that and don't forget to join our discord server to network with like-minded creators from around the world find all the help that you'll ever need for your next creative endeavor with that being said we've come to the end of this episode of podis everywhere the show where we equip you with the skills and the mindset to unlock your real abilities this is your host rajat signing off until next time peace